Hello, welcome to another LNER Fast Track podcast. I'm David Dunning, and today it's all about a hundred years of firsts. For the past 100 years, innovation has been at the heart of everything LNER does. We've contributed to hundreds of industry firsts and helped to create thousands more for our customers. One of the things that we've done is bring together tales from customers and colleagues, heartwarming and remarkable stories about people's travels. It's all available online. Just search LNER 100 first. That's LNER 100 first. There's also an exhibition which has been taking place at Newcastle Central Station, and that's where I went to have a look recently and met up with People and Customer Experience Director Claire Ansley. There's a series of activities happening across LNER with media and celebrations all over the, the network really and we, we named one of our Azuma trains Century so we're celebrating the past, the present and, and the future as well because LNER has done some really groundbreaking things in its hundred years so it's fantastic to be here today to see some of the stories that people have come to life and the people actually being here is amazing. There's never a dull day on LNER and it's always interesting. It's good to see so much of the media coming along as well, doesn't it? Because inspiring new reasons to travel Mm -hmm. is so important at the moment. I mean, LNER is doing remarkably well post-pandemic, but uh, that's what we need, isn't it? We, We are very lucky in terms of customers have returned because it's just such a fantastic experience and it's and we just want to make it easy we want to make that experience easy so I think it's important that we keep our train services moving for for the economy, for the people for the route, for the communities And these kind of events reignite an interest in the romance of travel don't they? There's a definite romance to it and I don't just mean getting together or you, you know any of that, it's just there's just such a romance about travelling by train and this this generates interest because it's people's personal stories and that is always interesting, whatever that story is. The next person we're going to talk to is Ramya. And Ramya lives in Newcastle. What I found amazing about this is it was Bollywood movies that inspired you to take your first train trip to London. I grew up watching Bollywood movies. They prefer UK and especially London to portray the destination. I think the architecture is very fascinating. The culture over here is really very fascinating and beautiful. That's how, you know, a lot of movies feature this country. And I always grew up watching especially the Tower Bridge. I always wanted to visit here, like at least once in my lifetime and after doing my graduation back in India finally I got an opportunity to do my masters over here I came to Newcastle for my masters the first thing that came in my mind is okay I should fulfill my childhood dream I always wanted to see the Tower Bridge which I always saw it on the screen and I went online I checked okay LNER is the train service over here that's when I booked my first ticket and I took my first train in the UK as well to London from Newcastle. So arriving in London then, was it the Bollywood image of your oh, dream? Oh, yes, yes. Really? I still remember. Like the first time when I got down the station, it was L- London King's Cross. And the station itself was very beautiful. I was just, I just stood there for a minute, like just to see. The architecture is very beautiful. After getting down there, the first thing I wanted to do was see the Tower Bridge. Because, you know, I have always longed for this 
to see the tar bridge i always saw it on the screen in the bollywood movies people yes. just won't realize will they how much bollywood loves the london scenery a it's lot, amazing a lot i didn't know that <laughs> and it has influenced a lot of people as well like the beauty over here or the culture they showcase here the i think it's not just me every person has this thing mm. in them that they do want to visit once in their lifetime so when you actually saw it in real life yeah it was more beautiful in real i would say yeah. Yeah. rather than the what they show on the screen i was uh, mesmerized by its beauty wow and what an amazing first journey a very memorable one as well because whenever even now if i travel i always go back to this of my first trip i yeah. always go back to then because uh, i never thought at the first place i would be here and i feel i have come a very long way as well a lovely story there from Ramya, who lives in Newcastle. Now, we also met up with somebody that we've talked to before on this series of podcasts, and he's featured in this exhibition too. Now, back on the platform here, and uh, I'm with Matthew Delaney. Matthew is the great-grandson, yep. That's right, yeah. Of Joe Dunnington, the driver of Mallard, and that's when we last met, when we were going past the famous sign. That's right, on yeah. the 3rd of July. Now look at you. You've got this amazing picture of you here. What do you make of that then? I'm just completely overwhelmed by seeing the picture there, but more importantly, his story. And so people can read about the story of my great-grandfather. It's, it's him that's, uh, that's the one to be remembered and just so proud that people can come in scan QR codes and read a little bit more about what he did and hopefully uh, sort of dig a little bit deeper into what my great-grandfather achieved and what it means to LNER and to steam locomotion. The fact that we're at Newcastle Station, which is, I look across at where the line is and the platforms and just sort of think about him coming through here as well. A different place when he come through, a lot more noise and a lot more steam. Just to be here and think about what it must have been like for him in a completely different era. To him, it was his job. What he achieved was something phenomenal, but to him, it was his job. Like I said before, we're all extremely proud of what he did. In the station itself, and to imagine him coming through, it would just, it, well, it blows his mind. Matthew Delady there and his great-grandfather Joe drove the Mallard steam locomotive. Now, what's it like when you take your first journey on a train? Well, let's meet Rebecca Turner and her son Rupert, aged five, featured in our exhibition. So as a family, we love musical theatre and we had been watching on TV the musical Newsies and Rupert just absolutely adored it. So we had decided that that would be the first musical that Rupert would see because he was just so in love with it. And Rupert gets very excited when he sees an LNER train and we said, how would you feel about going down to London on the train and we will take you to see your first show and that will be Newsies and he was super excited so we made a real trip of it we went first class on the train Rupert was super excited about that you know and um, being served drinks at the table the staff were super attentive and yeah, he's a young traveler to be in first class so that it always garners quite a lot of attention and fuss <laughs> from the staff who um, who treat him really well and um, it was just a really special start to the journey so we went down we went to see the show Rupert was fortunate enough to um, as part of the musical they throw out newspapers into the audience and Rupert was fortunate enough to um, 
catch one of the, the papers. So he has that as a real lovely souvenir of his, um, of his first musical. What an amazing experience at such a young age. It is. I mean, we've had to remind Rupert on several occasions, you know, this isn't the way we will always travel. <laughs> but it was a really special experience for a little boy of his age. Uh, Rupert, it's your turn now. So what was it like for you in first class then? It was quite nice. What was the most impressive bit? Probably the drinks and coffee. I was expecting just to go in the car. I have been on them several times, but it was a surprise. It's nice to go on and you get to relax. It has a pillow, arms. It's not like a pillow at home. It's, it's like a hard pillow. You can see houses and hotels. It's, it's just nice. And what was the show like? It was a West End show. What was it about? Um, newspaper boys. I didn't know that we were going, but it was just a surprise. I didn't know we were going and I didn't expect, but we just went. You had a good time? Well, yes. Absolutely charming. Five-year-old Rupert telling us about his experience travelling on LNER. Now, somebody who's a little older, into his 90s now, is also somebody that used to run the East Coast Main Line. A man who used to be the general manager of the eastern region of British Rail. Meet Frank Patterson, who oversaw the introduction of the high-speed trains in the 70s and the electrification of the line in the 1990s. You basically got the ultimate job eventually, didn't you, I on did the indeed. East Coast Main Line? <laughs> yeah. uh, the, the ultimate controller. Um, <laughs> but not fat. <laughs> uh, well, I didn't say that because you're looking extremely trim today. Oh, thank uh, you. A very long career in the railways. Started in Aberdeen straight from school selling tickets. And at that time, it was the London North East railway company so i started in the lner then 48 uh, we were nationalized so i spent the rest of my career in the railways uh, as the in the public sector uh, i got out before privatization finished up as gm uh, in 1986 now being responsible for the whole of the east coast main line and the radiating routes uh, from scotland all the way down to london must have been an incredibly stressful job. Maybe stressful, yes, but nevertheless incredibly enjoyable. Because running the railways is a team job. It's not yeah. one person, it's no. not an individual. And I was very fortunate. I had great people working for me. So all the things that happened, I don't take the credit for them. It's the teams that uh, delivered them. The thing that I'm most proud of is introducing the high-speed trains on the East Coast. We introduced in May 1979 the whole of the service. They replaced the Deltics. Mm. They brought a whole new um, uh, quality to, to travel. Yeah. I don't know if you remember them, David. Oh, of course they, I remember them, yeah. The, the high-speed trains, the 125, built in Britain, designed in, by British Railways, yeah. and they're still going around, would you believe, after all this time? We were preparing for 125 miles an hour long before 1978. Our engineers were gearing up the East Coast Main Line for fast travel. In uh, the late 70s, we built a new piece of railway, 17 miles to divert the railway, the main line, away from the, the Selby Coalfield. And it will be 40 years at the end of September that the first passenger train went over that diversion. Yeah. And I travelled on it. The control phoned me. The engineers handed it back 24 hours earlier. They phoned me at home and I said, well, check up 
if the driver knows that route. They did, and I went down to the station with my wife, and we travelled to Doncaster on the very first train, and that was on the 30th of September. Uh, And that was, I think, was the first purpose-built 125-mile-an-hour bit of railway. It was. You've got a good memory. But not only was it 125, the, the engineers did it for 140 miles an hour running. The day we did the Tyne Tees Tower, well, the, the challenge was um, yeah, to reintroduce Pullman-style service yeah. on the East Coast Main Line. We're talking about 1985. <laughs> uh, so we'd just come through the miners' strike and all that sort of thing. So the, the image of the railway wasn't necessarily very good. So the Tyne Tees Pullman was reintroducing at-seat service. Uh, we did this record run. It hit the headlines because it's the fastest a diesel train has travelled in the world. It got up to 147 miles an hour. But it also reduced the journey time all the way to, to London. It was a non-stop. And we did it in, I think, 2 hours, 17 minutes, an average speed of 115 miles an hour. You must be quite impressed with the, the timetables that these new trains uh, managed to stick to now, the level of service that we have now. Uh, we get many more trains, yeah. uh, fast trains, there's no question about that. I mean, you um, live in York, and the last train out of London to York is 11 o'clock now in the evening. Yeah. It's yeah. brilliant, actually. Yeah. In my time, the last train out of King's Cross was 8 o'clock, I think. I think there's been a lot more money spent on the East Coast than we ever could. And the result is that you've got nicer station, you've got lifts and stuff like that that we, we couldn't do in our day. I'm very proud of what we did at that time. Yeah. No, we made the most of the money we had. Um, I look back with um, a lot of pleasure and a lot of satisfaction. Frank Patterson, a former general manager of the Eastern Region of British Rail, a man who led the teams that provided us with major developments like the high-speed train and electrification. So two more stories to go. In a moment, we'll hear about love and marriage on LNER. But first, meeting the Queen. Nick Dudley is a fleet engineer with LNER. Well, I started as an apprentice in 1978, 4th of September, so it's almost 45 years, bar a couple of days. Uh, And I've been with the company ever since, working at Bounds Green. As I progressed through my career, I got into engineering, and uh, one of the things that's known for today is the uh, meeting the Queen in 2003 when we relaunched the Mark IV sets as the Mallard project. That wasn't the first time that she'd actually been on a Mark IV, that was it? No, she rode with us in 1991, June 91 it was, uh, inauguration run from London to Edinburgh. We stopped at Newcastle here to unveil a plaque. And then we went up to Edinburgh and she named a loco and went off to Holyrood House. Did she ever give much impression of what she thought of those Mark IVs? She did, Don, in 2003 when she inaugurated the Mallard. She said they looked very nice and clean, <laughs> I think, if I remember correctly. <laughs> so she approved? Yes. <laughs> what is it like uh, actually getting involved in, in, in meeting the monarch? A lot of security checks, but it was very humbling in a way, uh, and the Queen, very lovely. Uh, she was introduced to various members of the team and uh, she asked, different questions which was quite interesting that she knew a little bit about everything I think What did you say to her? She mentioned about the colour decor or something it's, like, it's hard to remember because you're, you're awestruck really you just answer the questions I think that are thrown at you Conscious that these police officers behind you had a gun oh, I found she was very nice and that's the opinion I had on the day and before the day and since and 
now. Very nice lady. Nick Dudley there. I also promised you a story of love and marriage on LNER. Here's Ryan and Hayley O'Donnell. So I was working on their train to Lincoln in 1606. I went to go work in standard class doing the trolley service and Hayley was on the bar. So I went off, did my trolley run came back after I think it was about half an hour to an hour and then after I'd done that I put the trolley away and we just got talking on the bar and it just kind of went from there really. So this was the first time you were both on the same train? It is yeah. How long had you worked for LNER before that? At that point it was only about four months. Right. Not, not that long at all. Well coincidentally I didn't know this beforehand but it turns out Hayley actually lived in the same town as me. Biggleswade. In Biggleswade? Yeah. Right. Well I suppose that made life a lot easier Oh, yeah. Having fallen for each other, you yeah. didn't have far to go, did you? Covid lockdown first came along, we stuck with each other at home, and then we just kind of officially moved in in that March that year. It was nice, especially having someone in your own town. That was it, really. And then he came by one night to see where I lived, and then... Yeah, I remember driving you home from work a few times when you got stuck. I remember that. Oh, yes, he had to like, always pick me up from Stevenage quite a lot, so he'd always gone to my rescue, which is quite nice. We well, proposed we... in July 21, the 5th of July 2021, and then we got married the 29th of July last year. How does it feel to be part of this exhibition then? Yeah, it feels good. I mean, it definitely feels different. And I wasn't expecting our picture to be as big as it is. It feels, it feels weird, but yeah, it feels good. Some of the stories are incredible, so to be part of it as well, feels good. You are the history of the East Coast Main Line now. I know. <laughs> my grand, my granddad, he, like, he likes like, all things trains, doesn't he? Yeah. So in some ways I feel like I've done, done him proud. Well then, some lovely stories there. I hope you've enjoyed hearing those. And uh, we actually want to hear some of yours as well. So if you would like to contribute, then go to the webpage. You can find it at LNER 100 First. That's LNER 100 First. And uh, if you go to that webpage, you'll be able to find more details about how to share your own personal stories. Thank you so much for listening. I'm David Dunning, and I'll be back with another LNER Fast Track podcast very soon.